Hello, Nux, and welcome to a special November edition of Moose Tracks. As you know, the pod typically goes dark after the Kumite, and we resume with a Christmas Eve Keeper preview episode with Sean. Hopefully we'll still do that this year. I'm down. But in the interim, uh, you know, we really didn't get as much baseball as we could have hoped for this season. So we decided to fill the air with a November pod where we will be discussing the top 15 MLB free agents. That market should start to take shape the first week of December. And I'm joined today by Ferd, where we'll take a look at the top free agents, their projected destination according to MLB trade rumors. Uh, We'll provide our own predictions on their landing spots and, of course, sprinkle in some fantasy analysis along the way. After all, it is the Moose Tracks podcast. Happy Saturday and enjoy the pod. All right, Ferd, it's great to have you back on Moose Tracks. Uh, We had a chance to connect briefly before the pod, so you you know the rundown here. We're talking about the top 15 MLB free agents. Curated, it's a curated list, kind of a mashup between what I found on MLB trade rumors, fan graphs, et cetera. And we have the predictions um, laid out based on, on the MLB trade rumors article. So looking forward to chatting about you know what where you see these guys landing, what their potential fantasy impact is. And it just so happens we get to lead off with one of your guys, Trevor Bauer, on a $5 A contract. Um, now he's Trevor, Trevor Bauer is one of those guys who could go to Colorado and you're still keeping him at $5. So <laughs> it's not that there's any, not that there's any destination that's going to uh, dissuade you from keeping Bauer, but, but curious to hear your thoughts on where he lands and, and really where you want him to land among the realistic suitors, where would be the best place for his fantasy value? Keeping in mind that right now, MLBTR says the, and I'm going to throw up in my mouth a little bit. The world champion Los Angeles Dodgers are the front runners to sign Trevor Bauer. Just the, the rich get richer. Do you think he lands in LA? Where do you, if not, where do you think he lands? And where do you want him? To, where do you want him to end up? Well, where I want him to end up is Los Angeles, but down south in the Orange County version of Los Angeles. Um, the uh, I would love for him to be on the Angels. That's who I want the Angels target. I know you're uh, not as high on him. I know he's really only had two great years, and the rest have just been mediocre. But um, you know, I think he's just a student of the game. So I think he wants to get better and he, you know, uses science and he goes up to driveline and, you know, I think he's going to age well. Um, you know, I think he's on the right track. So even though he's on the, he's already 30, I think he's kind of just kind of getting his career off. He's going to kind of be like a DeGrom and a Verlander, even though Verlander started younger, but we'll pitch closer to their 40s. Um, Dodgers, I really don't think are a destination for him. I don't think the Dodgers are necessarily going to go out there and get the number one, um, free agent out there, especially pitcher. I think, you know, they can use him. Everybody could use a Trevor Bauer, but, um, you know, they seem to have the pitching depth. I know they have Urias and Gonsolin's looked good. Um, Kershaw's getting up there in age, but he's still um, pitching great and Bueller's there. So I don't know if Bauer's. Dustin May. Yeah, Dustin May. Thank you. Um, so they have five starters there. I don't think they, they need a top end guy. If anything, they can get a a three through five and just add some depth for if May struggles or if Gonsolin struggles, but you know, you don't need to go get an ace. I don't think the Dodgers are there. I think a sneaky team is the Braves. I know he's not, he's kind of opened up and backtracked on the, I'm not going to sign. He's not going to necessarily just sign one year deals. Um, You know, I I think the Braves are a sneaky good team, but the Mets, you know, I, you know, I think the Mets are going to be a common denominator in this with Cohen. Um, You know, I don't want to ramble. I'll give you some time to, to, to talk, but, um, you know, 
Angels, I think, are going to be in play, but at the end of the day, I think they're going to probably going to get outbid. I don't think they have the budget to really get into a bidding war with some of these teams. Uh, push comes to shove. I'm going to say it's going to be one of the uh, New York teams. It's going to be the Yankees or the Mets. Um, where I want them, yeah. I want them on the Angels, but um, Dodgers would be a great ballpark. Um, Mets wouldn't be a bad ballpark. Yankee Stadium is probably the only stadium I wouldn't really want them in, but I'd still keep them for five bucks. It, it, it's on brand that you come out guns blazing with just a lot of awesome content right there on someone like Trevor Bauer, who's just a magnet for uh, for content himself. Um, where to begin? So, so I, I he would definitely make the Angels better. So let me start with kind of my opinion on Bauer as the pitcher, as the person aside. Um, there's he has redeeming qualities and things I, I can't stand about him. His redeeming qualities being, you're right, he is a student of the game, he's into the science, all that. The concern I have about him, especially on a long-term deal, is that, like, I, I put this on, on the Moose board recently. I don't know if you saw it, but this guy cheated to win a Cy Young. Like, the evidence <laughs> is right in front of you. He, he tweeted, like, he tweeted two years ago that he knows for a fact that he could raise his spin rate by 400 RPMs if he did, you know, imagine how good I would be if I didn't have morals was, like, what he said. And I believe that he knew that exact amount he could raise it by because he is a driveline guy. He measures everything. He is very scientific when it comes to pitching. And then all of a sudden, you look at what he did this year, and you look at his spin rates, and they were up in, in like, early, mid-September. was the last time I took a snapshot. They were up by 355 RPMs. Like, his spin rate went through the roof. The only way to describe that is through cheating, which, by the way, I know most pitchers use some sort of substance. I'm not saying that he's bad for cheating. It's obnoxious that he calls out other cheaters and then does it himself. Where I think there's some concern is that if MLB does start to crack down on this kind of stuff, I mean, it would hurt other guys too. But then if he reverts back to the guy he was with his natural spin rate, he hasn't been that good of a pitcher. He had like one other good year. And otherwise he's in the four, four and a half, right? So that's why I don't, I don't know. I think with whatever substance he's using, he's a legit ace without that. We kind of we've seen what he is, and if if MLB cracks down, especially if they try to crack down on him because he's so outspoken, if if Manfred targets him, um, that you know there's there's some liability there because again I think he's enhancing his true talent. As far as where he ends up, you you, you laid out a lot of great places. Anywhere in the NL, there's a couple of those top NL East teams, the Braves and the Mets. It all makes sense. Cohen has the money. I agree that he's not going to end up in LA, and the reason for that is. Yeah, he said he wants to do these one-year deals. If he does a one-year deal, the Dodgers can grab him for $40, $45 million, no problem. Um, but his agent is singing another tune. And the prediction from MLBTR was like four years, 100-something million. Here's the problem. The, the Dodgers have this awesome young core, but they don't have them all locked up. In fact, Tim Kennedy, our buddy Tim, texted me uh, earlier this week, and he said he was listening to Dodgers talk radio about how they were saying they can't keep Bellinger – Bueller and Seeger long-term. They can only sign two of them. And he was like, who would you keep? And we had a discussion about that. They already got to let one of their premier players walk. What makes us, you know, how does it make sense to pay 30 plus million to a, a pitcher on the North side of 30 when they already have that full rotation that you listed out? I just don't know that they really make the most sense. The Yankees would be amazing. That if, if he went to the Yankees, they would have to basically do an MLB version of hard knocks because as you know, <laughs> their ace, Garrett Cole, Bowers, former teammate at UCLA, they went number one and number three in the draft, and they do not like each other. That was what started the whole spin rate thing was Bauer calling out Cole, basically saying, oh, if only I could you know, find a way to add 300 RPMs, 400 RPMs to my fastball. If only there was a way. He's being very snide about that, that basically saying the reason Cole broke out 
and has become the pitcher he is is because he's using substances. So to have those two guys as a one and two in New York would be fucking amazing. Um, they would have to have cameras on them at all times. I would love to see that. But um, I'm going to throw another NL East team out there. You, you mentioned the Braves and the uh, the Mets. I think the Phillies make a lot of sense. That rotation really falls off after Nola and Wheeler. They're built to win right now. I don't know that I would put them in the upper echelon of contenders, but Harper, Hoskins, they got Alec Baum coming up and establishing himself. Gene Segura is still a pretty good everyday regular. McCutcheon's at the tail end, but a pretty good regular. Like they're Whether or not they're legit contenders – People can argue that, but they're clearly trying to win right now, and Bauer would give them a huge shot in the arm. So um, I, I'm going to go with the Phillies, but you know, the, especially at the top of this list, it's anyone's guess. These are going to be widely sought after guys. Um, who knows where they're truly going to land? But I'll go with the Phillies. I think we're kind of in a grand set somewhere up in the, in the Northeast there, but not the Dodgers. The Dodgers just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Um, all right, number two on the list is JT Realmuto. The he's rumored to go to the New York Mets. They can afford him. I believe they let go of Wilson Ramos recently. Um, they got the new owner, Cohen, who is the wealthiest owner in baseball. He said he's going to invest. He's going to spend. Um, maybe maybe the writing's on the wall, and, and Real Muto to the Mets is just a, a shoe-in. What do you think? Well, yeah, that's, you know, the only rumors I've been hearing is just really been him to the Mets, and that's kind of just been where the rumor mills kind of died. So, uh, you know, that's where I would probably put my money if I, you know, if I was betting on it. Um, I don't really know if the Phillies are still very interested in resigning them. I would assume they are since they, you know, give up assets for them. I just don't know if it's going to turn into a bidding war that they could, can't afford. Or like you said, they'd rather invest 125, if they're going to drop, you know, 125 million, 130 million into uh, players, like, you know, they might want to lean towards a pitcher because that's where they, um, you know, had some holes. Um but to, you know, just to play devil's advocate and kind of throw a team out there to, um, you know, just spark some debate and conversation, you know, maybe the Cardinals, you know, I think there's kind of been some more talk and rumors that Yachty's kind of been a little bit more outspoken, um, that he might be looking at other places. And, um, you know, I know he means everything to that Cardinals team, so they might do everything they can to resign him, but um, they might also just cut bait and say, Hey, you know, we're, building for the future and you're not in our plans and thanks for everything. But um, I know they're in on a lot of outfielders talks, but you know, what if they just let, you know, um, Yachty walk and kind of replace his bat and defense with Real Muto. Um, that's kind of going to be my dark horse. It's a great pick. Uh, just, just philosophically too, right? You're talking about a team who embraces having the best defensive catcher in baseball, which Yachty, maybe that ship has sailed now, but obviously was that guy for a long time. Ramudo is elite behind the plate, obviously a bad upgrade. Um, just the best catcher in baseball, in my opinion, uh, fantasy and otherwise. Um, so that's a good one. I, I didn't consider them. I think that the Mets do make a lot of sense, especially, you know, with the departure of Ramos, with the, with the you know, the Mets um, intention uh, to depart with Ramos. Um, the Yankees are, are an interesting fit here too. If, if they're finally fed up with Sanchez, the problem with Gary Sanchez is he actually is a decent defender. I don't know about his pitch framing, but he's got a great arm. He guns guys down. Um, and he showed enough promise with the bat to probably hang on, but you can't plug him into DH because you got that, that revolving door of often injured outfielders with Stanton and judge and those guys, they might have even brought Gardner back. Like they, they got to kind of use that DH spot for those half day offs. So I don't know that they could put Sanchez there. So if they don't plan on cutting bait with Sanchez, who is, a, a potential non-tender candidate um 
if they don't copy with Sanchez, then Ramudo doesn't make sense. If they do, then I think they're going to go right after him. Um, but I'll go with the the Nationals. You know, this is a team that obviously was very disappointing last year, but it was one year removed from a World Series title. Their they their windows open, or it, it it should be open. They have to open it, but they got the they got the core there, um, and they've got a 33 year old Jan Gomes as their primary catcher, and the backup's a guy I never heard of. So <laughs> there's definitely a, a lot of room to improve there. And that's the, they have, I think his name's Lerner or something. That's the second wealthiest owner in baseball. So he's been cheap sometimes in the past, but they have the money if they want to go out there and get a, a JT Romuto. Wherever he lands, I imagine that demand uh, hangs on to him at 13 bucks because, like I said, he's, in my opinion, head and shoulders, the best fantasy catcher in the league, not even close. Um, a good buy there. Number no, three on the list. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I like that. I agree with that. I have, I've heard those rumors about Sanchez. But uh, yeah, but like yeah, you said if they have that open vacancy, I think the Yankees are going to be in play on a lot of these guys. I don't think they're going to just necessarily sign two, or three, or four of these guys, but I think they're going to be in play on a lot of these guys. Yeah, and and the problem with the Yankees too is as we get down the list, there's a couple of the names on here that are impending departures from the Yankees, so they got to they got to worry about just keeping the team together, um, in addition to adding other big pieces. So that's why. I, you know, they're always going to be connected to the, the top guys, but they also haven't been that evil empire as of recent, you know, to where they're just going to go out and outspend everyone. So that's we'll, the Dodgers. We'll see if they actually are. In the... <laughs> this might be, going to be uh, the Mets. Number three on the list is George Springer. So uh, finally, the, the finally free from the Astros after the uh, some of that service time manipulation that kept them there a year longer. Probably going to cost them a lot of money entering this market versus what could have been last year. First of all, any chance the Astros, who are losing Springer, they're losing Michael Brantley and Josh Reddick, who I think would be the fourth outfielder because of Kyle Tucker, but they're losing like the whole outfield. Do you think they even have a chance to bring Springer back, or do you think he might be happy just to get out of Houston with the cloud that kind of still hangs over that franchise? Remember, they haven't really even faced the the public jury yet um, on the on the road because of the uh, obviously the empty stadium. So. Do you think they even have a chance to bring him back? Um, currently, the White Sox look like the front runner. Where do you think Springer ends up? Um, I, I, I personally don't know where he stands on, you know, if he wants just to get out on a fresh start. Um, you know, they still had a their regular season. They struggled, you know, but they were, you know, pretty damn close to making it to the World Series again. So, um, you know, I, I don't think those guys necessarily are that concerned. I think they are actually probably better together in a sense because they've just kind of rallied around each other and that locker room is probably just very tight because of it. Um, I think he's going to end up in the Mets. Um, you know, Cohen has the money. They haven't had a center fielder really there since uh, Beltron. Um, you know, I think Marisnik played a lot there last year. Lagaris has played there a lot over the years. Um, they kind of just had a lot of defensive guys there. I think um, Conforto has played there a little bit, but he's mostly a right fielder. I think he at least should be more of a right fielder. Um, I think Nimmo can play there, but isn't really a true center fielder. Um, so, yeah, I think my money's going to be on the Mets, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, of Daddy Cohen. It's just – I just think that's a good spot, and it seems like they have the budget. It's always fun when we when we don't compare any notes like this pre, pre-show and we're on the same page uh, with, with something like this. That's, I agree with you. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by the White Sox. The White Sox make plenty of sense. Um, however – You've already alluded to to Cohen, the new owner, said he's ready to invest. They don't really have a center fielder on the roster. Nimmo plays center field. He's a below average center fielder. Conforto, 
obviously locked in the right. The problem is with Springer to the Mets is I think it's going to depend on the ruling on the NLDH because you got Dom Smith who, who he's got to play left field because he got Pete Alonso at first base. Um, so they just don't have room for all these guys. I mean, they could push Nemo to the bench, I suppose, but I think Nemo is a, actually a pretty decent real life player. He's going to have like a 400 on base percentage. He's not very exciting for fantasy, but he walks like almost 20% of the time. So they probably want him in the lineup. It's not to say Springer isn't in an improvement, but, you know, where are there diminished returns at some point? So I think if the DH comes to the NL, Springer to the Mets makes a ton of sense. I think the DH will come to the NL. I think the players will use that and, and negotiate that in. They want that. Um, do, do you think if leaving the Astros, if he does, uh, for either the White Sox or the Mets, does that hurt Springer from a fantasy perspective? If so, how much? Uh, and. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, I would say it would hurt him, but just slightly. Uh, you know, I, I, I think these guys that are in the upper echelons, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would call Springer elite, but he's definitely, you know, he's an all-star caliber player. He's, um, you know, yeah, maybe I guess I would call him elite, but you know, I think these guys are just going to be able to succeed anywhere and put up numbers anywhere. But you know, he might lose three or four home runs because of the Crawford boxes. But I think at the end of the day, like, I don't think those things are really play that much of an impact, like in your overall, overall totals at the end of the year. Like when you do like those ballpark overlays, it's usually just, you know, you would have lost two or three home runs. I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. And that lineup, I think is going to be pretty strong. And, um, you know, you, you should still have his counting stats. Yeah. I, you, I, you could have quoted me right there. I think the Crawford boxes do give him a, a couple extra dingers per year. Um, but it's just stuff will kind of play anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you, if you shave off a couple home runs, which is also a couple more runs and a few RBIs, it, it might take a buck or two off his value. But when you're talking about a 40 plus dollar guy, it's not a dramatic reduction at all. So I think wherever he ends up, he should be pretty good. Should be a pretty good player. I like Springer. I I hate that he was part of the cheating thing, but he actually does some pretty good off the field stuff around like, you know, his stutter and all that and trying to give kids confidence. So uh, I'll give him a pass and hope he succeeds wherever he ends up. Number four on the list is Marcel Ozuna. The the Nats the Nats are the are the the leader here according to MLBTR. They have a glaring hole in left field. There's this right now the um, depth chart has this Andrew Stevenson or something Steven some guy I never heard of didn't look too impressive on his track record. Um, but it's also despite having the second wealthiest ownership in baseball, it's hard to see them blending both Ozuna and Real Muto if my Real Muto. Uh, prediction comes true where do you think Ozuna ends up he might be the hardest one because he's probably the best just overall um I don't know him and Springer that's not fair um he's gonna be well sought after because he's probably gonna come in slightly cheaper than Springer but um honestly like I I kind of like Ozuna's bat a little bit more um the defense is obviously better with Springer and overall he's probably a better player but um the Braves I like um stay there but you know they don't seem to really have too much of a budget and he's going to want a big deal after taking that one year um, chance on himself last year. So he's going to want to get paid. Um, you know, I Cardinals are a team that he can go back to because I think they, they need a bat, but they also have just a bunch of outfielders. And I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I think a, a dark horse team is here is, is maybe the Indians, but again, I think they might be selling because they're going to be offloading Lindor. It seems like, um, so I'm not really giving an answer here, but uh, I'm going to probably, I'm going to say dark horse Indians. 
Yeah, and if if the Indians' ownership wasn't cheap as hell, then that would be a perfect fit. They've needed outfield slash DH all last year, and I think even the year prior. But they are being rumored to be be shopping Lindor, which would tell me they're they wouldn't invest in an Ozuna type. I think that makes perfect sense logically, and I think they actually have the budget, but their their ownership is just kind of tying their hands behind their back. Um, if if the Mets, if, if Washington doesn't land Ozuna, like like MLBTR predicts, I think he just fits well in with the suitors who would also be after uh, Springer, right? So the Mets need me to center fielder more than the White Sox. The White Sox have Robert, uh, who can play center. So I think that the, the Sox make the most sense to me. If, if Springer were to go play center field for the Nationals, then uh, Marcelo Ozuna to Chicago, who is, you know, they're trying to make some noise. And I think they have like Adam Engel currently slated into left field. So not a very exciting player. Osuna should be highly sought after. And I think he'll be really highly sought after in MK. I think he went for a mint this year coming off of what I don't think was an overwhelmingly impressive 2019, if I have my years correct. Um, I think he's going to go for probably 40 plus at, at Stiffy. He's, someone's going to be all over this guy. I would imagine. Do you agree with that? No. Yeah. I think they're going to definitely be all over him. Um, he, he, you know, he's put up some pretty damn good years in the past and then he's kind of had some down years. And, you know, I think it just turns into that game where, you know, he goes for like, you know, close to $30 one year and he doesn't put up that production. So you just get that label and, you know, you know people don't want to spend a lot. But then, you know, you get that, you know, that killer year and all of a sudden his value is just going to be like, oh, he was a steal. So he's just going to be over, you know, valued. So um, that's just kind of the name of the game. You just got to, you know, play that uh, – play that uh that balancing act of like trying to just get these guys at the right time but um yeah he definitely was undervalued last year so i think he's just gonna be overvalued now yeah you're right i remember he had a, a monster year out in miami which they might have changed the fences or, or the the construction of the, the the field the stadium to where there's a little bit more hitter friendly airflow now something i think has changed but at first that stadium was like just an airport where you know, home runs went to die and he still had a monster year there. And then he went to like St. Louis and it's like, Oh, now he's got a nice park and he didn't really do that much. So <laughs> you're right. He's kind of a frustrating guy to own. Pretty sure I had him when he was on that, that down Cardinals <laughs> year. Um, all right. Next on the list is DJ LeMayhew. Um, the Jays are up and coming. They're, they're currently the prediction on MLBTR, the Toronto Blue Jays. Anytime you can, you can get better. I mean, well, so first of all, they, they made the quote-unquote playoffs this year, right? So they're, they're, they're knocking on the door. And, and anytime you can get better when you're, you're simultaneously poaching one of your division rivals' best players, that, that's a double win. Do you buy this? Do you think LeMahieu to Toronto makes sense and is realistic? No, I don't. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with just look at their team. You know, they, I just feel like they have a ton of, you know, just infielders, but middle infielders. You know, it's like they have uh, – you know, they – Biggio and they have uh, Bichette and uh, they have Coriel Jr. who I know is in the outfield, but he can also play infield. Um, I, I just don't see this one. I just feel like they have so many young players and it just feels like by bringing him in, they'd have to kind of shift people around again. I feel like they've done a lot of that. And at a certain point, you got to just kind of can't just be having all the, your players be playing in second, third positions. Um, but I also just think Truthfully, I think the Yankees are just going to re-keep, re-sign him. Um, I think they're going to do what it takes to get him. Um, he's just meant so much to that team over the last two years. I know they've dealt with so many injuries, and he's just kind of been the solid constant in that lineup that's just 
I know when he signed there, he was just kind of a nothing signing and just, you know, we always joke DJ LeMahieu, Lemon Poo, but you know, the guy's been in the MVP talk uh, the last two years, um, last year especially. Um, I think the Yankees are going to do what they take to keep him. And from what I've been reading, he's kind of been making comments about how he loves New York and he likes just the organization and the honor of playing for them and just every game means something. So um, I think he's going to end up staying with the Yankees. D- disagreements and, and you know, rival opinions make for better podcasting, but this is another <laughs> instance where we're, we're, in, we're on the same page, right? Like, I think what spurred this rumor to Toronto is, is based on a piece of news that people are overreacting to. It was reported that the Jays want Vlad to play first base. And of course, he, you know, he came up as a third baseman. And so the thought was slide Biggio to third base, put D.G. LeMahieu at second, got Bo Bichette at short. But even in that case, you still have Travis Shaw, who can play either corner. Now, Travis Shaw is a DFA candidate. But even beyond Travis Shaw, you have Rowdy Telez as a first base option, right? So it, it is full. You're right. Like, they're pretty congested everywhere, which is a great problem to have. It just seems crowded, right? And, and D.J. LeMahieu seems unnecessary, as unnecessary as adding a really good player is. Um, you know, you're trying to get – marginally better right you're not just adding DJ LeMahieu it's you're you're also subtracting whoever's bats he's taken and they have some pretty good players there so I agree I think the Yankees find a way to retain him what the Jays need is pitching and so I'd put them on the short list for Trevor Bauer as well um, there were people worried you know you mentioned to it we'd kind of rip on LeMahieu uh, there were there were people worried that when he left Colorado it was all going to turn to shit as it turns out, his bat played very well in the Bronx where they have that short right field porch and he drives the ball the other way very effectively. Do you think his production would plummet if he went to a stadium without that friendly right field porch or is he just good enough to overcome that anyways? Has he, has he shunned the critics deservedly? I don't know. That's difficult because, you know, we're the two places he's played in his career, Colorado and New York, and they both have some extreme, uh, you know, variables within their parks. You know, New York being just a little league right field and then Colorado is just Colorado. Um, I don't, I, I know push come to shove. I think he's just a good hitter. I don't think he's necessarily the powers legit and that's real. I think that might be a, a Yankee stadium thing. Um, especially since he didn't really have, you know, he had power in Colorado, but it was just, you know, what was it like? And I'm not looking at fan grass or anything. So this on top of my head, I could be completely off, but it's not like he topped out at like 15. Um, you know, what was he going to hit what 20 with the Yankees last year or so? Like even if not more. So, Maybe it is that he's just learned to just take his swing and it works in, in Yankee stadium. And, you know, maybe that's where he needs to just, and he knows that. And maybe he's just trying to play the Yankees to get some more money. Um, but no, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely, this is the one I feel kind of most comfortable about. I think he stays with the Yankees. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny because if, you know, if you were to look at a box score and you didn't, if you never watched DJ LeMahieu play and you looked at a box score and you're like, Oh, DJ LeMahieu, a second baseman who hits 300, like, I'm picturing, like, a Mark Lemke, like, this little pipsqueak, yeah. right? Just, it, even his name sounds like that. The guy's a monster, dude. He's, like, 6'5", 230, Awkward. I don't know. He's a big <laughs> guy. So, the fact that he didn't hit for power right away, you know, I don't know that says anything. All, all this, a long-winded way to say, I think I agree with you, that, that he just is a really good hitter. Leaving a park like Yankee Stadium that just really plays well to his swing, there would be a reduction but I think demand's got him for like a dollar. So it's along those lines of the comment I made about Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer can go to Colorado. You're keeping him at five bucks. Um, you know, DJ LeMahieu can go to San Francisco and he's still worth 
more than a dollar that the man's going to He's still going to hit 300 so. for you. <clears throat> yeah, bingo. Next one on the interest, very interesting. Hopefully I pronounced the name correctly. Uh, Ha-Sang Kim. Uh, I know very little about Kim. I know he's a 25-year-old shortstop from the KBO. He can play all over the infield. He has tools galore. He's got power. He's got speed. Seems like an attractive skill set. What do you know about Kim, and where do you think he lands? Uh, it's, this is just a guess. I have no idea. Just people that need shortstops. Um, I don't know much about him. Same From what I gather is he actually has a good glove. He should stick at short. Um, and then he has pop. Um, whether that translates to the MLB, you know, that's always the, that's always the question. So because of that, he's, you know, probably going to be, uh, he's going to get paid, but it's going to be, you know, a decent deal. He's probably going to be roughly around 10 million a year. I would guess that's kind of what the, I would, the Tissingos or whatever, I can't say his name, the guy, the, the Rays picked up last year. Um, uh, Sutsugo. Yeah, Sutsugo. Um, you know, maybe the dark horse, and again, these are dark horses because I'm just kind of thinking of people that need shortstops. Again, I don't, I haven't heard much about them or rumors. I would assume these guys tend to like to go to big market teams. They don't want to go to the middle of nowhere when they come over here. Um, so again, I think the Angels might be a play here with Simmons um, likely leaving. Um, uh, the Angels, I think the the um, the Phillies might be another team, especially if they miss out on pitching and just want to just make their offense better if they lose Romuto. Um, I think Didi's going to leave, so I think he might be a, an option there. Um, and then you mentioned it. Here's my big, big dark horse. I don't know if I'm kind of going off script here by just naming all these teams if you want me to just stick with one team. But, uh, no, go. <laughs> but um, the Dodgers. Um, and the reason I say that is because I, you're right. They can't sign all three of those guys. And I think Seager might be the guy to go. His defense is declining. So he's probably not going to stick at short forever. So you said, yeah, you could shift a third, but, um, you know, why not sign a guy like Kim for five years, 40, 50 million. And, you know, you have possibly equal production or close to equal production of Seager, um, you know, and you can keep both those guys. So that's my dark horse. That's an excellent dark horse. I didn't even consider the Dodgers. And I think that's brilliant, especially, and we'll get to another player um, from the Dodgers who's maybe departing. That's Justin Turner. We'll get to him later in the list. Um, but if they wanted to slide Seager there now and, and plug Kim in the shortstop, and Kim's salary would be that or less than what they would be paying Turner. Um, it's a really good pick. That's a, And, and I, I would hate to see it because I also agree with you that the Angels could use him. And I, I don't know exactly how good he'll be but when you look at kind of what else is out there as far as shortstops and, and the angels currently have David Fletcher slated in to do that every day. I like Fletcher. I think he can be an everyday player, maybe a second, probably better for more of a super utility role. Don't know that he sticks at shortstop. I agree. So, I don't mind him being an everyday um, player, but it needs to be second, not short. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know. I, I don't know if Kim's going to be a great player, I especially don't know if he's going to be a great fantasy player. Cause obviously that's shortstop is one position where, you know, you don't necessarily have to put up big fantasy stats to be a really good shortstop, Andrelton Simmons, right? I mean, he's the exception. He's obviously like you know, our Ozzy Smith. But the point being, like, I think Kim at the very least would be a league average shortstop, and the Angels could use that. It's at $10 million a year. That's a pretty yeah, good deal. Um, it, it'll be interesting. No, I was just saying, everything I hear is his defense is it's solid. So it's just like, so that should play. And it's short for, if even if he's just a dud, 10 million just for his defense, being a league average defensive shortstop is okay. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of market he has because at just 25 years old, with you know, apparent these, these tools galore, you'd you'd imagine you have the market of both contenders and non-contenders in the mix, right? It was like when Otani came over and some of these other guys. They're attractive because they're they're young. You're not buying their 30s of free agency. You're getting six years of control or so in their mid 20s, and I mean that's just it's a totally different ballgame. Like they're more affordable. You're getting their best years, and so teams whose windows maybe aren't open yet but are opening, those guys should be in the mix too, right? Like the, the Tigers could be interested sure. in this guy for all we know. Um, right now they're saying Texas. All right, Andrews is on his way out. Um, they're doing like a a skinny rebuild out in Texas. So Kim makes a lot of sense there, but um, just to give another option out there, I'm going to go with another team that's also on the rise. The window's going to be opening in the next year or two. They've had an international free agency presence recently. Our boy up in the Pacific Northwest, the Jedi, I'm going to say Seattle makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's from a proximity perspective, it seems like a lot of these Asian players like to play on the West coast. It seems a little closer to home. Not all of them. You got Tanaka. You had Byung Young Kim who wanted to go out there and play in uh, Minnesota for some reason. But um, by and large, I think the West Coast has a little bit of an advantage on the recruitment side of things. And and it's a total dart. Kim's going to have several suitors, but it'll be an interesting one to follow. Um, Sticking with shortstops, rumored to the Cincinnati Reds, Didi Gregorius. You already mentioned his name. I kind of at first wondered why Didi was so high on the list. Then I looked at his Fangraphs page. His last four seasons, his war... 4.1, 4.7, 0.9, 4.1, which was over 82 games. So obviously he got hurt, but still extrapolate that out to a league average season. And then last year, of course, this was prorated too. prorates out to 3.8, a much better player than I think I've ever given him credit for. Where do you think Didi lands? I know MLB trade rumors has him going to the Reds. Um, that would be a good spot for him fantasy wise. I don't think he would miss a beat, um, you know, just in terms of ballpark. If he got anything, he'd gain a little bit. Um, but yeah, just kind of the same teams I mentioned. Uh, I could see the Angels kind of swooping in on him. Um, he's not going to be too expensive, um, you know. If, if but um, we'll get to the person that's rumored to get to the Angels, who I actually would prefer. But um, Aditi, that's hard. I, I just again the same three teams. Um, like you said, um, I don't know if necessarily Seattle would be a good fit for him because I think they would want to go younger if they're going to bring in a shortstop. Um, but I think it'd probably be between the Phillies. He's staying with the Phillies, the Reds. Um, uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe getting in there with the, um, like I said, maybe the Angels will, will make a play. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to probably be between those two teams. Um, those would be, I think he would stick with the Phillies. That gun to my head. Gotcha. And, and that player you alluded to, I was going to give you a fantasy pop quiz. Um, from a fantasy-only perspective, I'll jump in there now. Didi Gregorius or Marcus Simeon? Fantasy-only. Fantasy-only? I'm going to take, take Simeon. Yeah. Okay. Okay, interesting. See, I might disagree with that one, but I don't know. I need to look more into Simeon. I know he had a, a big, nasty year and, and was part of the t- Ken's team that beat me in the finals a couple of years ago. Maybe I'm just bitter. But um, it, it, it looks like that was the outlier. Uh, as far as Didi, the Reds would be a nice fit for Didi. They need to get a shortstop definitely see that working out but if the angels who like as we said we hope are in on kim unlikely to land him just by way of how much competition there will be Didi, i think would plug really nicely into anaheim um the angels they might have the most righty heavy lineup in baseball right now otani and jared wash are the the only lefty bats in that lineup and then you consider that 
Pujols is going to be in there for one of those guys on days when he's playing first base or DHing. On those days, they have eight right-handed hitters. That's just that's really righty-heavy. You want to see a little bit more balance. Didi would bring that as a left-handed bat. It would allow Fletcher to slide more comfortably into second base. And the stadium, ever since they lowered the wall, actually plays pretty decent for lefty power, which Didi needs. If you look at, at Didi's um, uh, hit ch- home run chart uh, on like baseball reference or, or whatever, that baseball savant, I don't think I – mean, literally, I don't think he's ever hit a home run to center field or left field. Jesus. Like, to say he's only a, a pull-only power hitter, like, I mean, literally, I don't think he's ever hit one to the left of, of right center field at most. He, he pulls him down the right field line. Um, Angel Stadium now plays pretty friendly lefty, so I think it would work there for him. Um, if he ended up somewhere with a, without that friendly right field porch, you know, he would plummet. Um, so, but if he does, if he does, you know, Cincy, as he's rumored, as you mentioned to MLBTR, um, that would work for him. The places he's connected to now, I think, still work for him from a fantasy perspective. All right. So, New York, we talked about New York having to keep their own guys. The next guy on the list is Masahiro Tanaka. Um, I'm not sure that there's a legitimate World Series contender that has more uncertainty in its rotation than the Yankees. You've got Garrett Cole, right? Obviously, ace. But then when, I don't know when Severino's coming back. I don't think opening day. Jordan Montgomery, I like him. He's pretty good. He's had his own health issues. Davey Garcia was a pretty good rookie last year, but unproven. Domingo Herman didn't pitch last year for being on the shelf from his suspension. There was another guy like Michael King or something. I just don't even know who that is. So, I mean, can can the Yankees afford to let Tanaka get away if they really want to try to uh, No, I don't think they can unless they have plans of replacing them via trade or another signing. But um, unless it was somebody we talked about previously, I don't know who can replace him. Um, I know he's not the, necessarily the, the ace we all thought he was going to be or he was maybe his first two years um, and post his elbow troubles, but he's never really been injured minus that. You know, he's been able to stay healthy, avoided the – the knife. Um, I, I think the Yankees are going to resign him. Like you said, they can't really afford to lose him. Uh, but if it's not the Yankees, uh, you know, obviously the, the Mets are going to be in on him. I, I think the Braves might be the play here because um, they don't really want to go out and drop, you know, a hundred million on, on a, on a pitcher. I know they have a bunch of young guys there working through, but they still kind of need that veteran anchor in their rotation. I know they wanted that to be Hamels. Um, he was hurt. Um, I think the Braves might be in play. I, I don't know much. I see the thing with him is I don't know if he has this um, loyalty to the Yankees and he's going to do everything he can to st- stick there or if he just wants to go and get paid. Um, he doesn't come off as that kind of guy to me. Um, the Angels obviously are going to be a play here because I don't think we're going to necessarily go out there and if we miss out on the Bauer, I don't think we're going to go and spend $100 million on a pitcher. So these are the guys we need to look at. Um, but he might end up, if he gets outside of the Yankees, he might get in a bidding war. I don't know. Um, you know, is he going to get like a Zach Wheeler type deal? Um, you know, I know MLBTR has him going for 40 million for three years, but you know, Zach Wheeler and you know, those guys went for a hundred million and you know, <laughs> and they're about the same age. Um, yeah, I, I think the Yankees are the team. Um, uh, I think the Angels are there as second tier. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they can let him go. I think they just got to do everything they can to retain him. Um, if they do, I mean, anyone who misses out on Bauer, all the teams you listed, they, they should all be in on Tanaka, at least kicking the tires. But this is also where I could see Toronto swooping in. They need rotation help badly. I mean, they signed Robbie Ray to a one-year deal, right? Like they're 
they want to contend, but after Rue, they, there's just, I mean, they have Nate Pearson, like, okay, blue chip prospect, but what can we really expect from them? Um, there's a lot of question marks and uncertainty in that rotation too. So bringing Tanaka in, in, in the, in the light of, you know, what would be accomplished by stealing LeMahieu, it, it, that occurs with Tanaka too, I'll be on a lesser scale, but hitting on a, hitting on a position that they really need and hitting New York where it hurts. So I could see Toronto. And, it, and if it is proximity too, I mean, if he doesn't want to relocate well, to I, like the West and coast, I think Toronto is not too far from big, from like, York, you know, so. Asian Japanese, you know, culture area and, you know, ruse there. And so, yeah, you know, maybe it'll be a nice fit. There you go. All right. So moving along, what should we have about five guys left here? Um, and what should be a, a pretty suppressed free agent market? I'll be curious to see what kind of market uh, comes to fruition for a closer, uh, even an elite one like Hendricks. We can assume Oakland's not going to bring him back because that's just not what Oakland does. Um, where do you think he lands? With, I can see Philly. Philly they've been needing a closer for a couple of years now, and they're right on the cusp. And so, you know, you can probably say, uh, you know, a handful of their losses were due to their bullpen and you know that could have put them in the playoffs so i think phillies are probably the front runner um uh i think the angels could be at play here too we've had some bullpen problems um uh, i don't know if the dodgers um yeah i i would probably say phillies are a good one i like the angel um and you know i think the uh the Nationals can also kind of sneak in here. Um, they've been needing a closer for a couple of years. So I like those three teams. Yeah, those are all good calls. Uh, Philly makes a ton of sense. I wouldn't argue with MLBTR on that one. Yeah, it has been a carousel out in D.C. They, I mean, there should be a market for the guy. But I, I'll go with I'll go with L.A. And with that, I mean, both L.A. teams, right, from the Dodgers – they, um, I'm, I'm, you know, cheaping out right there. The Dodgers, we know Kenley is like just right at the end there, and maybe Gratterall can slide right in there, uh, perhaps. But is that enough, right? This is a team that is so so good. Are they gonna, you know, are they gonna let a, a crumbling bullpen um, be their demise as they try to chase, you know, another ring or two while they still have this core together? I think Hendricks make a lot of sense there. Um, but I think I, I do think he makes a lot of sense to the Angels because you look at Hansel Robles, he was broken, lost a lot of velocity. I think he's probably going to get DFA'd. I don't think they're going to pay him the four or five million it's going to take to retain him. Um, Justin Anderson had Tommy John. I think they'll just kind of let him go. Um, who else? Bedrosian. Bedrosian's gone. They like, let him go, DFA'd him. Um, I think Keenan Middleton is probably on the way out. Like that, that bullpen is just getting torn down. Not that it was a strength of theirs, but uh, the only thing I'm just not sure about uh, the new GM, what's his name, Perry Manazian or something. Uh, I don't know his philosophy on bullpen. Some guys are, hey, we're going to piece it together and, and not pay the premium for those back end guys. Some want to anchor that staff or that uh, that bullpen with a, a pen ace, and, and Hendricks certainly fits that bill. So. Um, don't know enough about his philosophies, except for I did see that they are connected to J.A. Happ. So uh, maybe just a lot of the same coming to Anaheim as far. <laughs> I, I guess Perry brought him like he signed him twice, uh, once in Toronto and once somewhere else. Like he, he seems to be a Happ guy, which uh, on a tangent, if Happ can give, you know, 180 innings, you know, 30 starts of, of 4.5 baseball, that's a fine number yeah. five. But I sure hope that's not. I hope uh, it's not Happ and Minor and all those guys. <laughs> I hope Happ isn't the anchor. It's not going to work. 
Yeah, I'd probably be more excited about Miner, but yeah, I think they need to trade because if it besides like a Bauer, and I don't think it's a Tanaka's coming. I think he's going to have to. I think Brandon Marsh might be on the block for for something legit there. All right, uh, moving back to the outfield, another Astros departure. Michael Brantley, uh, rumored to the Braves. Do the Braves need him? They've got Duvall, your boy. I think it was. I think he was one of your hot pickups. I know he got hurt, but I don't think he's hurt for like an extended period. Austin Riley can play some left field. He he took a step forward. I think it makes sense. Um, in the, does Michael Brantley to the Braves make sense? The sense or, that or you know, they're plugging? losing Azuna and they want to replace his bat. Um, you know, Brantley's not going to replace that production. Um, it's going to cost you too. Um, to your point, yeah, and I'd rather maybe just ride with Riley and Duvall and Marcakis. And, uh, do they still have uh, what's his name too? Um, who's the lefty they got from Arizona back in the day? Yeah, is he still around? Inciarte? No, but that's what I'm saying. Not a bad I think he is, but I don't think they like him very much. Um, so if he's your fifth outfield, I don't think outfield's really a need. Um, so um, I can see the Astros resigning him. He seems to be a decent part of that lineup, and he's not going to cost an arm and a leg, and they're going to lose Springer. Um, so I like him staying with the Astros, I think. Yeah, I don't think we can rule out a return to Houston. My gut kind of tells me the guys who have an out there are probably going to take it, but I don't know. I was just playing amateur psychologist and, and speculating quite a bit there. Um, probably going to go where the money is. But, but as for the Braves, it kind of – first of all, I think they're going to be chasing pitching more than anything. Um, and second, it depends on the DH, right? Like if they don't have a DH, then I think Duvall's earned at-bats in left field. If they have a DH, then – makes perfect sense to bring Brantley in and him and Duvall kind of split left field and DH, especially because that park plays so, so friendly, the left-handed hitter. So um, could be a good pickup there. Again, it's kind of going to depend on where some of the rules are, how those play out. Um, I would plug in Washington as a dark horse. You know, they're, they're currently attached to Ozuna. Again, they have that big gap in left field. Um, Michael Brantley could make perfect sense there. Not a great outfielder, but he can play left field well enough and kind of extend that lineup for him. Um, coming back to the Dodgers, Justin Turner. To me, Justin Turner, he's a slam dunk to return to the Dodgers. But there is a rumor out there that, that could throw a wrench into this. You've probably seen it. Arenado to the Dodgers. I haven't seen any names discussed or anything, but there is a rumor that Nolan Arenado being traded to the Dodgers is, is something that is at least being discussed in the preliminary phases. Um, first of all, do you think there's any – can you, can you see that? Um, can you see I can the see the Rockies moving them. I think they're just going to so ultimately the go to the uh, – who's going to give them the best prospects, um, even if that's in division, because um, I think the reality is is between them and the Padres, um, the Dodgers and the Padres, um, that division is going to be pretty difficult to, to crack um, in the next couple of years. So I think they need to just reset. And Honestly, they should, probably should let them go. Um, I don't, like I said, they're not going to be a contender, and I think they should probably also deal story at that point. Um but um, I think, honestly, I, I don't know much other than I think the Dodgers. He's always just kind of been a Dodger in my book and just thought he'd finish his career there. Um, you know, if they even – even if they sign uh, Arnado, I can see him still taking a hometown discount and just kind of being a super utility guy and just kind of giving guys days off and playing some first base or third base. And, you know, if they do the universal DH, I know it's likely not for next year, but if the year after – He'd be a perfect candidate to be DH as he kind of enters his twilight years. Um, but if it's not the Dodgers, um, 
you know, I, I think it could be a team like the, uh, like the, uh, like the Rays could even pick them up or something. You know, I know they have Yandy Diaz. I know they have Yandy Diaz. <laughs> but um... <laughs> no way! <laughs> I can't, that, wow. that's, that's, the, that's the team I picked as the dark horse. That's so funny. I'll let you go into your your, your rationale. Yeah, of all teams. Um, yeah, I think I think that. I mean, I yeah. He Turner's from here. He's got a wife. He's got he doesn't have kids. He's got a house here. He's a lifelong Dodger fan. He wants to win. They're built to win. I can't imagine he wants to relocate for a year or two at the end of his career. Um, I think that if De- Arenado came, like first of all, if, if without Arenado, then like their their options behind Turner, are, like you can mishmash it with like Edwin Rios and Kike and Chris Taylor. Like they don't have a third baseman, so that's why I think he's just an, an almost a, a lock. If they did trade for Arenado, then yeah, maybe he comes back on some sort of discounted deal to be that super utility guy, but. That looks kind of interesting because they have Lux at second, who should be playing in you know pretty much every day. That puts Muncie at first. If there's a DH, it makes perfect sense. If not, it makes a little less sense. Um, and that's where the, I think the Rays could come in. Um, so I, I think yeah, I think Turner's at the Dodgers, but we are in agreement that the Rays seem to be that that type of team that would go out and grab someone like Turner if he was cut loose. As far as Arenado, if he just kind of get, get a little fat fantasy twist in here, if he I was be a little concerned, Colorado, um, what kind of like I said, I think these elite guys, state? you know, at the end of the day, their numbers aren't going to like fall off a cliff. Um, there's always going to be outliers. Um, but, you know, I just think it's going to be a culmination of everything. You know, he's not, he's not old, not stretching the imagination, but he's not a spry chicken anymore either. Like he's like, he's getting older. He's, you know, he definitely benefits from Colorado, uh, but he's also just a fucking elite defender. So, um, you know, he, his value isn't just his bat, even though that's what you're getting for the whole package. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think in L.A., um, again, but he'd have a great lineup around him, so he'd have some protection. Um, I think in L.A., he'd probably be like more like a 270 guy, um, which I think he probably is now. Um, he's probably like a 270 um probably like a 25 to 30, you know, 90 to a hundred guys, opposed to like the guy that's always going to be pushing 300, 35, 110, 120 RBIs. Yeah. If you look at his last three years on the road, he's, he's, 260, 797. And so, but you also have to, there is a Coors Field hangover. Like Coors Field hitters hit more poorly on the road than other players hit on the road because of that enormous environmental shift. So, you know, if you give him a little bump there, then yeah, he is probably around that 270, 830, 850 OPS, um, still probably 30 homers, still 90, 90. But to your point, not that like 300, 40 homers, 120 RBIs, not that just monster that he's been. So he'll still be a great player, especially in real life because his platinum level glove, uh, but it would be a huge ding from, from fantasy perspective. He would no longer be a fantasy superstar. In my opinion, he would just be a really, really good player. Um, so that would, that's something to watch for. All right. Kind of, we'll move through this one kind of quickly because we've already discussed him a little bit. Uh, Marcus Simeon is rumored to the Angels on a one-year deal. It sounds like you would be happy. No, I'd to like see to see him, him um, Anaheim on a one-year deal. You know, he's Anything you want to great bat. Um, I know he was awful defender when he first came over to Oakland from the White Sox in that deal, but he's worked really hard and become a plus defender over the years. 
whether he can keep that up or we're going to start seeing a decline as he's, you know, on the other side of 30, or I think he's on the other side of 30. Um, you know, uh, I, I like him though. He, he, he just seems like a good, you know, teammate. Um, I just think he fit into that lineup. Um, obviously we need pitching, but um, if we lose Simmons, we're definitely going to need a bat. It's going to be weird kind of not being able to just see that elite defense in at, at short. So, you know, like let's hopefully just get some elite bat um, who and somebody who's not going to kill you with the glove. Um, and, you know, maybe, like you said, maybe that outlier year was two years ago, but, um, you know, you know, hitting with, you know, I don't know where he'd hit in the lineup, but, you know, with Trout, Rendon, Otani, um, you know, he should have some protection. So, you know, he should be able to see some fastballs and, and some at-bats and, uh, you know, he can turn on him. Yeah, I mean, I would gladly take Simeon on a one-year deal just to, like, you know, like we said, move move Fletcher over to second and, and get a more stable bat in there, a more stable defender. Uh, I think he makes a lot of sense in Anaheim, uh, but I would prefer Didi mostly for that lineup balance that we talked about. Um, if not Anaheim, I think Cincinnati makes a lot of sense for Simeon. I've never really even heard of the shortstops on their depth chart. So maybe they'll be in on Kim, Didi, Simeon, everyone, but they got to get someone. And so – if we assume they don't get Kim just because there's going to be 20 other teams going for him. And if the angels did indeed land Didi, then I think Simeon to the Reds is close to automatic. I mean, they're, they're going to have to, to back the truck up, even if on a one-year deal, because they want to contend and they literally project for like zero war at shortstop right now. So they got to do something. All right. Former Dodger, potentially former Dodger, but current free agent, Jock Peterson is rumored to the Cardinals. We got a few more here. Is there room for Josh? Yeah, this one kind of surprised me. Um, crowded. I don't I see that fit team. personally. Like, you know, they have, you know, Bader, Carlson, O'Neill, and I know they've kind of given those guys uh, extended looks and um, Bader's looked decent. O'Neill's kind of been hit or miss, but um, I just don't see why you'd just go spend, you know, 10, close to 10 million on Jack Peterson where you can just use one of those guys who's going to give you similar um, you know, production. I know Peterson's been a lead against right-handed hitting, um, but he's just been abysmal against lefties. Um, Cardinals, you know, I, I don't think that's an awful. Um, I kind of, kind of like the giants. They need some offense. They've always over the last few years, they've had a revolving door with outfielders. He's got, um, some familiar area, I can't say it, familiar area. I can't even try to say it. <laughs> Yeah, he's familiar with uh, Sarhan, so, you know, I kind of like the Giants. I think that's where he'll end up. Yeah, it's – yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that the way he hits right-handed pitching, a proper platoon could make the Cardinals better, but between Carlson, O'Neill, Bader, Fowler even – I know Fowler's not great, but they're still paying him. I don't know. I just don't see the fit in St. Louis. You know who could really use him, depending on if they can re-sign any of the other guys, is the Astros. The Astros could really use Jock Peterson, but I don't think he would go play there. I mean, if it was the only offer he received, maybe, but there's obviously a lot of bad blood, and I don't know. I don't think a lot of that's theater. I don't know that he would really want to go play for Houston unless they just really threw the bag at him. So, um, you know, if the Nats did end up with a real Muto and they, they would at that point definitely be priced out of Ozuna, um, maybe Jock could be the more affordable left field replacement out in DC. So he'll find a role definitely, 
Um, but I'm I'm in agreement. So I don't think that the the Cardinals really should be the front runners here. All right, two more. Nelson Cruz, Minnesota is the front runner. They make the most sense. Um, but things he said that he's not going to sign until they get ruling on the NLDH, which makes sense because that either doubles or, or cuts his market in half depending on the um, I think he. Um, what do you think? Cruz he's hard, at? like you said, just because of his age, but he. The dude freaking still mashes, so he's going to get a one or two year deal. Um, twins, I think, are still likely because like losing that bat, it would just be very big hit to that lineup. Um, I, a dark horse, I, I kind of like the White Sox. Um, you know, especially with the where they're heading, um, and they kind of can spend on a, these one year guys. Um, I know they tried to fill that spot with Encarnacion last year, and he kind of was a dud. So uh, I kind of like Nelson there and. Um, you know, uh, you know, it just seems like his personality would fit in well with that team too. So, um, uh, I'm going to go White Sox. Yeah, I think Minnesota makes the most sense, just kind of as the the incumbent and the team that you know could really use him. Um, things can really open up if the DH comes to the NL. But the White Sox do make a lot of sense because. It's a, again, that's a rival, right? They can take away one of the most dangerous bats they got to face. They can put it in their own lineup. He's a veteran that could kind of lead a lot of that, those young guys. Um, if he gets along with Tony LaRussa. Um, but if it does open up and the DH does come to the NL, I'll throw this dark horse out there. Why not Jesus. the Padres on a one year deal? I mean, how nasty would that lineup become when you throw Nelson Cruz in the four or five spot right there? They don't have anyone on the bench right now that really would, would plug into that role. If the DH returns, their bench is pretty much more uh, more tactical right now as far as just having guys who can backfill certain roles. They don't have a big bopper to just slide in there as they may have in a previous season. So I think Cruz to the Padres. He would, the that DH would, that would be scary good. <laughs> that could be pretty interesting. All right, first, so we let off with one of your guys. We're going to close with one of your guys. Lefty Yankee, potentially former Yankee, James Paxton, uh, rumored to the White Sox. Where do you think he ends up? And do you have confidence with his injury history? Um, I actually traded him to Key, so he's no longer on my squad. But uh, Paxton, I I, kind of like where they're suggesting the White Sox. I think they're going to be aggressive with somebody like him, where he has, um, you know, on his on his best days, he's you know he's got number one stuff, but he's probably a number two on you know if, if he's having a good season. Um, his injuries definitely scare me. He's 32 and he's a big dude. So he's had back issues. Um, but again, uh, this is somebody, the angels, I think absolutely need to throw a ridiculous one year deal at, um, just because of his upside, the angels just need to have that upside. We need to have that opportunity to just have that guy that just strikes gold and, um, you know, has a great year and he has that potential, but it's just the injuries and, um, you know, I, I think these are the two teams. I think it's going to come down to the White Sox or the, the Angels. Um, and, I, and I think both of these teams really need them. And actually, I should say, I, I, I think the Braves will be another team. Those two teams, I think, are going to bid really hard um, for him. Um, I don't expect him to be an ace. I don't you know. I, I think um, the, the ceiling we have to hope for is just um, a number two, kind of what he was for his Yankees, the first years in, in Yankees um, Stadium. But, um, you know, you got to hope these are the guys the angels need to go after instead of the, the minors and the, um, you know, just those and the Urizis and those types. You need to go after these guys who 
have the potential to be an ace um, if everything goes right. Yeah, when you're in that spot chasing the upside, just seems to make sense. And and especially if you're going to bring in J. A. Happ as your innings eater, you you can balance that with someone who who can who can you know potentially be more of a top of the rotation guy. I think the White Sox make a lot of sense. I think that I think Paxton is going to have more of a market than the his injury history suggests a one year deal makes sense. But Drew Smiley with his injury history and with much less upside. Then Paxton just got like a, it was a one year deal, but it was like ten or twelve million or something. I think to go to the Braves. So, I mean, if Smiley can get that, I mean, is Paxton going to get like an eighteen million dollar one year deal, or is someone actually going to throw like two years and twenty million at him? I don't know. Um, the Angels think make perfect sense. The homer and me would love to see something like that. Uh, we need some upside. As far as another one, I think that makes sense too. Hey, Paxton's nickname is the Big Maple. He's from Canada. There's a ton of question marks we alluded to in that Toronto rotation, um, which, again, led to a one-year deal with Robbie Ray. If you're chasing short-term upside, why not go after your rival starting pitcher, bring Paxton in there? Um, maybe he wants to go home. I don't know. If, I just know he's from Canada. I don't know if he's from Toronto. He might be from West Canada, but that's just me being ignorant. But um, Paxton to Toronto, I could see that. I think he's going to have a ton of suitors, though. I think that you know that that's, that's the trickle effect, the domino effect of, of these – these predictions and negotiations is you kind of make some predictions at the top, but they're all, you know, have dominoes uh, affected to where other guys are going to fall. So anyone who was in on Bauer, anyone who was in on uh, Tanaka and some of the other starters that we talked about, they're going to be interested in, in someone like James Paxton, just because, you know, you got you got to shoot your shot. And especially if they expand to eight playoff teams, which could be part of the conversation, um, that just opens the field even more to teams who, who are closer than they thought in that competitive window and, and it you know, hopefully drive up some of the prices here for some of these players. All right, Ferd, um, I, that was the list of 15. There are a few other names out there who are, you know, you mentioned Odorizzi. We didn't talk about him. There's Jackie Bradley Jr., who he's very much favored to go to. He seems to be the top priority for the Astros right now. I think they want to plug him in the center. Those guys are less exciting on a, um, definitely on a fantasy forefront. Anybody else no, that wasn't no, covered? Just a couple. Uh, like, I definitely am interested to see what up. happens with Kluber. Uh, not expecting much because he might be done. His arm might be shot. But um, interested to see Kluber. Uh, another guy I've always been interested in is Taiwan Walker. Again, I'm talking about these guys where Taiwan Walker's in that J.A. Hap, Odorizzi. Um, again, he's younger, um, so I would rather just take a shot on somebody like him. Um, Colton Wong is somebody I'm kind of interested in, even with the Angels. Um, like, you know, if, I don't think he really can play short, but if Fletcher's going to be your set, your shortstop, then I wouldn't mind Wong being our second baseman. Um, and, you know, just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, your point. Um, you know, just some of these closers, Lucky. like – you know, I think Trevor May might be kind of a sneaky good reliever for like somebody like the Angels or Jim Mitchell Saints in our. You know, the like you said, the Angels have no relievers really right now. So it's like, are we going to be balls and hands and all these guys? Yeah, it's uh, there. There are still, there are still some pretty good names out there, especially guys like Kluber and all. Who I agree, he's probably. His arm's probably shot, but they're going to get chances. And so um, should be interesting. As far as key dates to, to take a look at, I think it's December 2nd is a key date around like non-tenders. And that will free up the market even more. Someone like Eddie Rosario in Minnesota is likely to be non-tendered. Names like 
Uh, Kyle Schwarber have even been on that list. So there, this list is going to expand. There's going to be some other kind of top-notch guys who, um, at least from a fantasy perspective, might be changing teams. Top-notch from a fantasy perspective as far as, you know, maybe they're not too sought after by their teams because they're getting expensive and, and are one-dimensional and don't really play, you know, defense. Um, but guys who could see opportunities in new parks and new lineups um, who might pique our interest from an MK perspective. So, But around that time is when – those decisions are made that first week of December and then the winter meetings, even though they're virtual this year, will be occurring and we'll start to see some of these, uh, some of these Thanks things happen here. Look so forward to looking forward to it. Uh, right. and Bert, as always, I appreciate you, you coming on the pod.